Welcome to In the Seams, a podcast by Broken and Mended, with your host, David Heflin. Well, hello, my name is David Heflin, and I am the host of In the Seams, and I want to welcome you back to our podcast today. And have an opportunity once again to have another interview uh, with this time with Emily Martz, uh, who is talking to us all the way from Sydney, Australia. And so we're excited to have Emily. I wanted to share just a little bit about how I, I know Emily, how she came in contact with our ministry, and then uh, we're going to have a, a conversation. Uh, I don't know exactly when it was that I, I saw Emily's blog called Called to Watch. Uh, and you can find that at calltowatch.com. And I think I might have discovered it initially through Twitter. Uh, but in any case, I was encouraged to see a ministry that was dedicated to helping people who are watching those who are going through chronic pain and chronic illness, because it is most definitely an overlooked population. I know that I was at that time just starting my ministry, which was, of course, focused on people who are chronically ill or going through chronic pain. But I was seeing from my own experience, uh, my wife and my kids and others around me, how their life uh, was impacted through what I was going through and, you know, who was ministering to them. And so that was what kind of got me excited to know about Emily's uh, ministry and Emily actually came to one of our support groups through Zoom. This is back before the pandemic, before everyone was doing Zoom. And uh, we had her share a little bit about her ministry and make a presentation there. And that presentation ended up being in our, our leader's guide, uh, which is created to help people start support groups anywhere, at least anywhere that is English speaking at this point. And so Emily has uh, made a, I guess you could say, a permanent contribution to this ministry, which we are very grateful. And uh, also, I've, I've seen some of her, her work in regards to uh, being an author. And so I just wanted to bring Emily on and talk to her a little bit, a little bit about just, you know, the particulars of her ministry, the unique contribution that it makes, and a little bit about what she's up to as an author, too, because I think that's very exciting. So, Emily, thank you so much for uh, being with us today. No, thank you for having me. It's a privilege. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Emily, let's just start. Uh, some people might be familiar with your story if they read your blog uh, contribution that we did about a month or so ago, uh, but they may not be. And and so I, I think it might be helpful if you could tell us just a little bit about your story and what brought you into the chronic illness community and, and ministry. Just a little background on that, if you could. Yeah, of course. Um, so I grew up in a family where my mum was had always been chronically ill for as long as I'd remembered. She had a host of um, autoimmune conditions and other long-term illnesses. And so in one sense, there wasn't a time where I don't remember being involved in that community. But I think um, as I got older, I realised this was something that felt like it set me apart from my peers Um I didn't know many people who were in that position where they weren't sick themselves but were watching someone else struggle daily. Um, and I guess felt that that helplessness and maybe even that responsibility, um, that longing to see their loved ones happy and well and just struggling with what that looks like um, when illness is in the picture. And so I remember being a teenager and um, Googling, you know, is there anyone else like me? Um, are there any resources out there? 
particularly from a Christian perspective, what does it look like to be a Christian in this situation and to love, to bear someone's burdens, but um, also acknowledge that you can't you can't fix the situation. And so at that time, uh, now I'm grateful that a few other resources and things have popped up, but at the time I couldn't find anything. So that was I, that was a struggle for me. Um, then when I was in my early 20s, my younger sister was diagnosed with a brain tumour. Uh, she was in hospital for three months and she had ongoing complications. And so suddenly there was a, a second person in my family who was living with chronic a chronic condition. And out of that, I realised that if there were no resources, I'd have to create some. Um, and I'd done a lot of thinking by that time about what it looked like. And so I launched uh, the website called to watch and began uh, posting articles on there to try and create at least a little bit of online community where people could say, hey, me too. Right, right. And about how long ago was it that you launched that blog? I think about 2017. 17, okay. So you've been at it for yeah. over five years, or about five, five years. years. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just, if, as I was hearing you talk about that, it, I can only imagine what it must have been like to go looking for resources and not finding much. I can remember uh, going through chronic illness myself, looking for something that mm. was related to chronic illness from a Christian perspective. And there were a few things out there, you know, for those who are chronically ill, uh, but there wasn't a whole mm-hmm. lot, you know, so I can only imagine uh, that there just wasn't, you said, you couldn't find anything, uh, you know, out there for people that were in your situation. Um, I'm just kind of curious, you obviously knew that you had the ability to uh, to write about that. Uh, if you had a plan early on to, to write a blog, is, is writing something that comes naturally to you and just something you've been doing you know all your life um yeah so I'd always really enjoyed I guess creative writing and essay writing at school um but I have to admit I wasn't sure that what I'd write would be helpful for others um so while my sister was in hospital I wrote a lot of stuff but I realized it was um it was helpful for me processing but maybe not for other people uh so the so the year before I launched the blog, I spent the year writing, I guess, blog posts and articles and seeing if that was something that a medium that I could use and do. And it turned out once I launched the blog that that it was. Um, so I'm grateful for that. Okay. So a process of discovery um, through through the beginning of that anyway is, as well. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I can also relate to that it's kind of jumping out there you don't know how people are going to feel how people are going to if they can relate to you at all and um, my experience is they typically can um, but you don't know until you kind of jump out there and and kind of take that step of faith um, wanted to ask you a little bit about your faith and you you've alluded to it in our conversation already and that you were looking for things with you know that were from a christian perspective um, what was the most challenging aspect of having to watch your your sister and your mother suffer with chronic illness as it relates to your faith um was was that a difficult thing in your walk with god and, and kind of what did you learn through that experience hmm. yeah good question i just actually want to clarify one of the earlier things there was a lot of resources for people who would call themselves caregivers particularly for 
perhaps disabled children or aged grandparents um, or an aging population. And so, yeah, I just want to say there's stuff out there for specific demographics. Um, but in general, um, yeah, not so much. Yeah, how it related to my Christian faith um, and, yeah, the difficulties of watching them. I think I really, I know as a Christian I found, particularly as a teenager, I spent a lot of time being quite angry at God for the verses that were saying, you know, in the Bible, all things work together for good or God will heal you when you pray um, and things like that. So that was a personal thing I really had to struggle with and I had to, I guess I had to come to, I remember a specific point where I came to the realisation that if I'm going to trust God and if I believe he is the king of the universe and powerful as well as good, then I need to trust him with my mum's life as well as my own salvation. I don't get to trust him just with my salvation but not with him working in in the entire world. And so that was a conscious decision I had to make um, as I I watched my mum and my sister um, in terms of my faith being something that equipped me and helped me um, in that, I I found, I think being a Christian added an extra dimension in the, ter- in the sense that we read a lot about loving our neighbour. We have a big concept of what sacrifice looks like um, and what bearing each other's burdens look like. And the Bible is, um, yeah, quite replete with examples of um, what that looks like and what Christian love looks like. And it looks beyond ticking the boxes. It looks beyond maybe what some people would classify the responsibility of someone to another person as. And so I had to struggle with that because my parent, my mum and my sister, there was a lot of scope for for sacrifice and for loving them and for what um, a responsibility as a daughter, but mostly as a Christian looked like. And so working that out before the presence of God, uh, realising that I'm not entirely responsible for for them and for their happiness, um, but also that I, I do have a responsibility as a Christian to love them as Jesus. And, yeah, that, that complicated things, um, that Christian perspective of love, but it, it, made it, it made it worthwhile because ultimately it's not my love I'm giving, it's Christ's love. And um, that that comes from him, and that comes when I when I do it out of humility and looking to him to be my strength. Well, thank you for sharing that. I I think that could not have been easy. Although it seems like you had a relatively mature faith that um, that you were able to to build on uh, through through these experiences. Um, to be able to just to process that as a way of acting out the love of Christ in other people's lives is is a powerful thing. And I mean, that obviously applies to lots of different areas of our of our Christian walk, but certainly for people that are hurting and people that are suffering. And uh, so I appreciate you sharing that. I was kind of curious as you were talking about your your faith community, if they were helpful um, in this process, because they kind of help shape our expectations. For example, I know some faith communities where if you're chronically ill or you're sick, that's something wrong, defective about your faith. And, uh, we have to sometimes in broken amended help people overcome that stigma because I don't believe that's true at all. And, uh, just was kind of wondering where was your faith community helpful uh, to you and your family uh, during this ordeal, or is it something really that you had to gain a perspective 
that was ultimately different than your faith community. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't say my perspective was different um, to that of my faith community. They were definitely supportive, um, particularly when my sister was in hospital. Um, with my mum, it was slightly different in that people were very physically, like, uh, you know, practically supportive. Um, but my mum had been sick all my life, so it wasn't like a sudden thing and a new thing. Sure. And I think particularly as a teenager, I would have liked to, to have spoken about it more, but it was just an accepted part of reality. Um my mum's sick, you know. Um, So it was really helpful during that time. Um, I had a a close mentor who was able to walk with me through that and was able to ask those questions. And that was really important to me. Um, And just a few, a few books I read at that time were also helpful. Um, There's a fictional series called The Hawk and the Dove, and it talks about um, how Christ, it just has this beautiful picture of loving one another and how Christ came down to earth and walked and suffered and knew what it was to be human. And so we're not alone in that. And it's not something that's outside of the faith and the Christian experience. And those things were together very, yeah, very transformative for me and meant that equipped me to have those conversations eventually. The hawk and the dove? Yeah, it's by Penelope uh, Will. Okay. And is that something that, you know, all ages could enjoy? Is it directed more toward young people? No, no, it's, um, they're an adult series, but I would say it's, um, applicable for teenagers okay. and even younger. That's, that's good to know. I, I want to make sure we uh, stated what that was. So as people heard that there, that, uh, they, they might want to check yeah. it out, you know, cause I'm not aware of a lot of fiction, uh, you know, things that are are helpful resources in in this area that we're talking about today. So that's that's a good thing to point out. Uh, So I had a a question here that and I was thinking about this, you know, for my own ministry, too. One time when I had started Broken and Mended in in the early days and we were having the support groups, uh, someone asked me if. And it was a strange question to me at the time, but they asked me if I was uh, being blessed by the ministry. And I had not thought about it that way. And it was, I couldn't really answer the question because I was, I was always thinking about how is this impacting others, even though I started the ministry because I felt very alone in what I was going through and and wanted to build community. Um, But I found it maybe difficult and and maybe I had to learn to kind of give God the reins and in order that he could also bless me. And so just sort of wondering your own experience with that, um, you know, as, as you have had with your ministry call to watch, what, what is a way your ministry has given back to you or minister to you, or has it been able to, uh, to do that for you? Um, Cause obviously you've given a lot to others through what you're doing. How has it given back to you? Yeah, this question is also one which I, um, yeah, I need to think about. It's not one people typically ask, but it's a good one. Um, Yes, I think I definitely, yeah, I like what you said about giving God the reins. Um, I've just been been swamped throughout it by a realisation that that it's actually God working and if it wasn't for him, there wouldn't be any ministry. Um, That's that's blessed me in that I've seen him, I've seen him answer prayer. I've seen in seen him um, bring my blog to people who need it. And that's something that I always pray for. I've seen him put me in contact with people uh, like Broken Amended, um, like uh, Chronic Joy is another American organization. 
and just other people who have created that sense of community that I was praying for um, and I didn't expect that I could never have engineered by myself at all. Um, so I think I've really been given back from my ministry through the conversations um, I've been able to have with people through it in person um, and through organisations. And, yeah, that's just a, a huge blessing to be able to, for people to come and say, look, I know you've written some stuff. Can I talk to you about this? Yeah. And I'm like, yes, this is the conversations <laughs> I wish I'd been able to have before, and, and now I can. And that's such a blessing. That's awesome. Did you say the name of the other ministry is Chronic Joy? Yeah, chronicjoy.org. Okay. I, w- I wrote that down myself. And again, just will make note of that for our listeners in case they want to check that out. I, I feel it's important that we all kind of work together and, and help each other with this. And so when I hear of a good you know organization or another website or ministry, um, I'm always excited to check it out and, and, and pass it along. So that, that'll be good. Um, yeah, well, I think I appreciate you again sharing that and, and how you've seen God at work. And that itself is its own own reward. I, too, have experienced some of those connections and and God at work and, and people feeling like, you know, something came across them right at the right time. And and it gives us an opportunity, certainly, to, to give glory to God for that. And that certainly is its own own reward. And I have learned to relax a little bit in the midst of my own ministry and to enjoy its its fruit too. And to realize that uh, everyone there has some something to offer uh, when you know when we gather, and because everyone's got their own story. And I am often just edifying hearing from others. Um, I did want to talk a little bit at your, about your work as an author. Of course, we've been talking about your blog. And, and I'll, I'll just start with a question here where we, where we can kind of bridge these two things together. But how is your ministry and that with your blog called to watch and your, your focus there also connected to your work as an author? And I'm speaking of your published work and the things that you've been working on, uh, have published and are planning to publish. How, how did those things kind of merge together, complement one another? Yeah, in yeah, so I, some in some sense, very much so, and in some sense, they're a bit separate. So, I think, um, yeah, being able to to continue to write and to write regularly through my blog has been, I guess, a foundation for for my writing. Um, I my first uh, my the book that probably links most um, closely to my blog is my memoir, Two Sisters and a Brain Tumor. So that covers a period of 99 days that my sister was in hospital um, dealing with operation after operation and the side effects of those um, and how our relationship as sisters um, grew and our relationship with God. And so that has obvious thematic links um, to the blog. It also means that um, when people read it, they can be pointed towards my blog and say, oh, that's something that actually I've I've thought a lot about and I hope that comes through in the memoir um, and also the memoir acts as an entry point for people to to maybe see what's what's on the blog and yeah people to see that I've I guess I've lived this I'm not writing from a place of um, conceptual understanding of what it looks like to watch someone but this is what it looks like in the nitty-gritty sure um, having written the blog made me aware that 
there is need for a memoir. I think when you think of the word memoir, it can sound a bit self-indulgent and I didn't want to write something that wasn't going to be useful and wasn't going to be helpful to equip the worldwide church. Um, and so, yeah, having written stuff on the blog made me see that. I think there's a, a space for that. I wanted to let you know, I actually was going to tell you this before we started recording, but I, I think it's still good for you to know that we did your session in our support group the last time we met. Um, and on that day, obviously, our goal is to invite people uh, to come to our group who uh, have had the experience of watching their loved ones go through it. And, and as a uh, kind of a I guess an enticement, you know, or, you know, we, and we told people that if those that came or were at least on either in person or in zoom, we were going to uh, send a copy of your, your book to them. And so just another way to keep sharing that and that, you know, and to see that impact continue to grow. And so, and, and we had a really uh, wonderful uh, session when we went through the material too. It's a little bit different, you know, you wrote it, of course, from your own perspective and then for someone else to kind of share it, uh, you know, that didn't write it, it's, it's a little bit different, um, but it, it really worked well and, and sparked a lot of great conversation. Oh, that's so encouraging to hear. Um, and yeah, because my book came out during the pandemic, it's been, um, it's interesting now how I feel like it's just maybe gaining a bit of tra attraction. So yeah, that's also encouraging. Well, we may do that. We may make that a tradition every time we have that session come up. We can in, kind of encourage people to come by offering a, a, to give them that book. So, uh, and I haven't, I haven't read it yet either, but I'm looking forward to getting to do that. Um, so tell us if, if you have anything coming up book-wise uh, or any of the, well, let me, before you do that, let me ask you, I wanted to ask a little bit more about this other book you wrote because I'm, I'm not uh, as familiar with Thomas Clarkson, and um, so I wanted you to tell us wh why him and, and tell us something interesting about Thomas Clarkson that would encourage us to check out that book that you wrote. Yeah, um, well, not many people are familiar with Thomas Clarkson, which is why why I wrote the, the book. So um, Thomas Clarkson, The Giant with One Idea, is a teen adult um, biography. And so Thomas Clarkson was a Christian abolitionist. So he fought, um, he fought slavery during the 18th and 19th centuries. And I was inspired to write it because I saw the film Amazing Grace about William Wilberforce. Um, and there's a guy in there and he's Thomas Clarkson. And I was like, oh, I wonder what's written about him. And so it turns out the Thomas Clarkson portrayed in the film is perhaps not particularly accurate. Okay. <laughs> so it's a very an exciting portrayal. Um, and so, yeah, I was looking and there's no biography of him currently in print. So I wanted to write something and write it, show his Christian faith, which I found very, um, very vibrant. He was a man who was deeply troubled by what he saw and he let those emotions um, move him to positive action. And so I was really encouraged by that. Now, in the movie, I've seen the movie. We, we own it and I've yeah. seen it several times. And is is he the one who takes him down to see the, the slave ships? And I guess remind yeah, me of his the, character a little bit in the movie. Yeah, he's the one with like long, dark, ragged hair who rides a horse okay. everywhere and looks very heroic dashing around. And, you know, he, um, he brings out the... Uh, chains the slave chains oh, okay. and i think he also does bring them back to the ship um and he sort of functions as a bit of a like comic relief slash 
um, almost antagonistic sort of character a little bit in one scene to Wilberforce, which, well, you'll have to read, you'll have to read the book, but I may, may not agree with that portrayal. Sure. No, I think it would be good to read the book. And uh, I, I think knowing the connection to that movie might interest a lot of people because that was a great movie and a great story on Wilberforce. And, uh, but obviously he did not do that alone and he needed lots of prompting and a lot of encouragement along the way. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So what else do you have coming up in terms of uh, writing projects? Yeah. So I actually have another biography um, in that same series of an abolitionist. Um, so this abolitionist is Olada Equiano. Um, and so he was an African who was enslaved and then he managed to gain his freedom, um, became a Christian and then wrote his own um memoir of his time as a slave, which was actually a turning point in the abolitionist um, fight. And again, there's uh, there's very few, if any, Christian um, biographies of him, and his own memoir makes it very clear that his faith was a, was a driving point. So that's what the next book is, and it will be coming out in September, so that's very exciting. That is exciting. Yeah, that's great. And what else or anything else that you would want to want us to know about uh, that's coming up in relation to ministry or books or, or projects or something that you're excited about for the future that you're working on? Yeah, I so I'm in my final year of a Master's of Divinity. So I'm currently working on uh, my my thesis project. So that's that's very exciting. And it's about how we can live out our hope um, in God's kingdom and um, in our everyday life, but how fiction impacts that. So I guess if you think back to the fictional stories that really impacted me um, as a young person. And so, yeah, I'm excitedly working through that. I'm also excited because I've had a few opportunities, we'll have a few opportunities coming up, sorry, um, to speak to specific church congregations um, or ministry groups about life during hard times, about looking for that hope, about watching people and, and what that looks like as a Christian. Um, so I'm excited for that because it's one thing to to write for a very broad audience and it's another thing to tailor your your words to an audience who you know is going through tough times. And, um, yeah, just it's so exciting to be able to speak the hope that we have as Christians and say I've been there and it's tough, And but God is, God is good. So yes, he is. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, it sounds like God is opening up a lot of, opportunities, a lot of doors for you, has done so and is continuing to do so. So I'm excited to hear about that. Uh, I'm always excited to follow your ministry wherever I can and um, thankful for the connection that that God has uh, created uh, between us and our ministries. And, uh, you know, we're always going to be, as we have opportunity, letting people know about what you're up to and and how that might benefit them and their family members. And, and so thank you for what you do. And uh, just very glad to have had you uh, on the podcast today. Likewise, it's been such a privilege to work um, through Broken Amended. And I've been so encouraged by the groups that you're running and the work you're doing in equipping the church in this much needed area. So thank you. Yeah, it is much needed, isn't it? And, you know, and bringing awareness to these issues and just, uh, helping the church as a whole learn to to listen and be responsive to those that are hurting uh, in helpful ways, not additional hurtful ways, as unfortunately has happened sometimes. But um, so I think 
I think that's an important aspect of what we're all trying to do as, as well. Um, but I think uh, we'll go ahead and and bring our conclusion, or, or sorry, our conversation to a close. And I want to again uh, thank everyone that is listening out there. And uh, we're going to have another one of these conversations uh, here in a, another week or two. I have one have one planned and uh, like to be able to do those as as much as as, as we can. Um, but uh, certainly um, thankful for everyone for listening. I want to remind you that you can go to brokenandmended.org and find out information about our ministry and our support groups there, or you can just. Uh, Follow the, the the ministry, the blog, or the podcast as as well, which is also on the webpage, as well as uh, check us out on social media, our Facebook group, and so forth. So, uh, hope you'll have opportunity to to do that, and look forward to being back together in the uh, in the near future. <music>